And I just got really exhausted and I got really mad. So for me, it wasn't so much about, now I'm a feminist. It was, we got to figure this shit out. We got to solve this. Really quick before we get into the episode, want to just make sure that you know about two upcoming events that we're really excited about. Yeah, the first is on April 28th. It is a Saturday uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. We are teaming up with Aubrey Winters of the Aubrey Winters Method, as well as Kulumi, the beauty food bar, which we love so much. They're premiering, um, launching their new bar. So you will get that there. And we're going to work out, we're going to meditate and just hang. You know how we do. So Fitness with the Finest, you can find tickets on our website, almost30podcast.com. Yeah. And the other event that we're doing is the Moon and Your Saturn Return Workshop. So if you listened to our episode last week with the amazing Spirit Daughter, we are hosting an event with Spirit Daughter, Energy Muse, and it is going to be workshop style. So that is happening on Sunday, May 6th at 3 p.m. And at this event, you're going to get a crystal for your sign. You're going to get your own moon sign and sun sign reading. And we're going to be going into what exactly your Saturn return is and how to navigate it. So get tickets for that on our website under the events tab. And we cannot wait to see you there. Yeah. First event is at Knockout LA. Second event is at Sage Wellness. So come and see us. It's a beautiful day for a podcast. Potty pod. <laughs> you should see Krista and I right now. I am, one word to describe me, sexy. <laughs> I'm wearing boot cut uh, Lululemons from <laughs> 2001. <laughs> Literally Lululemon just started and they were making boot cuts and they have like carpenter well, how pockets. How do they stand the test of time? This is like an they advertisement have, for Lululemon. They have carpenter pockets and Fuck. they look amazing. They're co- covered in who knows crumbs, who knows what. And I'm wearing a Supreme sweatshirt. Uh, and Is that no Justin's bra. or yours? It's fine. Love it. Mm-hmm. I think he bought it for himself, but it was too small for him. So he yeah. gave it to me as like a gift. Cute. I know. <laughs> Love. We're both just in our comfy clothes comfy today. But bordering on dirt balls, dirt balls. Our hair is slick back, slick. <laughs> not as a look. <laughs> it's just happening. I actually wanted to take a picture and send it to the group. Oh my god, and be like fashion. Hey guys, this is us. fashion. This is me. I literally like when I left the house today. Justin was home, and I was in this outfit and wearing literally no underwear, no bra, and I'm just like. Wow. This is me. Literally. I've been saying to him lately, I'm like, literally the wheels are falling off. Like the <laughs> wheels are fucking falling does off. Does he care? Like, I, I mean, he's an angel, but like, do you think, like, does he care? Like, do guys care? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think they care. 
I don't think he cares, obviously, but like- I know. I, I think he would be surprised if like, and if I was in the same situation, my boyfriend would be surprised if all of a sudden I was like, like he, dressed up one totally. day and he would be like, oh my God. But I have clothes. Yeah. We have, cl- like, I, I have clothes. That's why I don't get it. Like I have clothes to wear. <laughs> you know, Just like, choosing not to wear them. Put on your clothes. Like, oh. That was like my New Year's resolution a year ago. I was like, I want to dress up more. Like, I want to actually wear the clothes in my closet. Mm, I mean, I don't know. I wear the same thing almost every day, and I'm. Okay. I mean, you always are in leggings though, yeah, that's because true. you have to be. It's true. How's everything else? Good. Good. I'm trying to think. What's today? I don't know. Today's- I feel really good about 2018. I love it. Yeah, man. It's like rolling. It's really good, actually. Life is fucking awesome. Uh, rolling in. A lot of like people, opportunities, yeah. but like just like good things come to those who hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to myself every day. Good things come to those who hustle. <laughs> and actually, it's the damn truth. I've been really obsessed with lately um, 432 hertz music. Have you heard of that? No. So apparently 432 Hertz tuning is a way to like broaden your spirituality and grow through Mm. this music. It's supposed to be like on the same vibration and wavelength as everything in the universe. And it like could cleanse you and it has healing power. So lately when I'm home- Can you play a little bit? Yeah. Oh, let's play. So lately when I'm home, I'll just play this and just have it on the background or even mm. before bed, I'll have it on the background to just like kind of calm. So here you guys go. This is 432 Hertz, deep sleep calming. It's getting started. It's like very Zen, very relaxing. Did you just try to sing it? I was like, ooh. <laughs> That's not part of it. It's nice. It's nice. Just yeah, have I it put in on the meditation music to do work to Love like that. wind down. Love but this that. is like, yeah, it's next level. Mm-hmm. I'm just into it. I'm like into me and Justin are just doing some weird ass shit at the house. We've been like obsessed with like ancient civilizations lately. Like we've been on a tear about ancient civilizations. Cool. Yeah, like we're obsessed with Egyptians. Mm. It's like our new yeah, thing. Yeah, it's fascinating. How did they do it? How did they do it? And the the fact that with ancient Egyptians, we were told for so long that they built these tombs to like honor the dead, but that's not at all what they were about. These tombs that they built had like quartz crystals in them and they were built by crystals. They were built at very specific places that correlate to um, stars in the sky. And they were also built for to be like perfect vibrationally and sound. Mm. Some were like working machines for like what reasons we don't know, but they were like, like there was one of them that was built with quartz and it was like creates the perfect vibrational sound waves that would be healing to your body. So it's like, it's crazy. Like it's like people think that they were, they were not for like very few of them. The actual pyramids were tombs that had bodies within them. And most of them were not to like honor the dead in that way, but like for like some sort of, they were like there for a reason and we don't really know what they are. And it was kind of short-sighted of us to be like, oh, they just want to honor the dead. It's crazy. Like they could have been more advanced than like we are. So wait, where are you watching this? There's a documentary. Let me- Netflix? Yeah. Okay. There's actually like a few documentaries. It's fascinating. It's crazy. Like it's the coolest thing. It's so cool. And then like with the- So that talk, they talked about sound healing. So we were thinking about sound healing. So that's why we're doing the 432 Hertz stuff. Just like playing it on in the background. Cause like, you don't really know. Yeah. You know, like what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm like, 
I'm realizing I'm very affected by sound living with my brother, just like little things like mm. him watching YouTube videos or him watching stories. Oh yeah. I'm like, I can't, I, it's so annoying oh, and yeah. sends me into like a tizzy. Yo, the YouTube and like sound watch and story watching is like, <laughs> it's like literally it's crazy. So I, I'll, I'll say, Hey Alexa, put on my meditation music. You well, fuck yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I need some. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Did y'all hear Alexa? And Alexa, Alexa's you, here. You, you know, I have meditation music. I'm affected by light. I'm affected by sound. I'm a human. Yeah. I'm a human. I'm, I'm human freaking living human, man. Yeah, man. It's the phone. Like when you like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's maddening. It's maddening. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. The texting, the dings, the the, the Yeah, da, man. Da, My da, sister da, has da. her phone on. Like, so you hear every ding. Nope. You're like, are nope. you kidding me? Email comes in. Yo, <laughs> number one. So I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast the other day and he was talking about something related to like strategies. I don't know, but- I do a lot of them already. But one of them that he does that I also do is I don't have any notifications on my phone. Mm. I do not get a notification mm-hmm. on the lock screen if I get an email. I don't get news notifications. I don't get Twitter notifications. I don't get Instagram notifications. The only notifications I get are if they're texts, yep. which is even bad enough because yep. there's enough text to like stop anyone from doing anything productive. But like, especially news notifications. Yeah. How quickly could you be taken out of the place you are because you have a news notification on your phone? Mm -hmm. There's so much going on in the world. So you're like, oh, I'm here in the world and I'm having lunch. Kim K just had Chicago. Literally. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, talking about that. Yep. Crazy. Mm -hmm, I completely agree. That's a good one. No notifications, y'all. I just had a thought and it left me. You can put your water down. (laughs) (laughs) I was hovering my water over the table for 40 minutes. (laughs) All right, guys. So we're really excited today. We have on Claire Wasserman. So damn smart. She's so smart. Why do we keep meeting these really, really And I just love that she's dedicated her life to helping other women. Like, I love that. She had... You know, she has the world as her oyster. She has any opportunity in front of her. And she really did dedicate her life to helping women get fucking paid. Mm-hmm. Women get paid. Women understand their finances. Women stand up for themselves in the workplace. Women learn to negotiate in the workplace. Women are getting paid. White women are getting paid 78 cents to the dollar. Black women, it was 65. So, yeah, 65. And then Hispanic women, 55, 55 to cents the dollar. to the dollar. Like this is a huge thing that we need to be like aware of and we as women can come together and this is and something talking that, about and, and we and have just, control of it. Yeah. Um, so she's super empowering, gives our listeners ways in which you can start this conversation in the workplace in a way that will be productive and, you know, not just like stir the pot, but it's yeah. more so productive. Totally. And um, she started uh, Ladies Get Paid. Mm-hmm. Um, she holds events and seminars and workshops. We just love what she's doing. We admire her so much. So we wanted to have her on the pod. Our listeners, you guys have asked for her on the podcast. So here it is. Please write into us. Let us know how you like it. Join our secret Facebook group. I'm sure we'll be chatting about it in there. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review. Mm -hmm. We love you. It means a lot. It means the world. so much. Um, Okay, guys. Enjoy this episode. We We love love you. But our listeners actually uh, recommended you to us. They 
know you, they love you, they respect what you do. Oh, um, yeah. So, Flattery is always mm-hmm. a good place to start when you're interviewing. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> We're just getting warmed up. Yeah. We're going to talk about your hair and skin next. Okay. <laughs> um, but they love you, they respect you, um, and they thought you'd be a great interview to have on. So, we are really excited um, to talk to you. Um, your work is amazing, incredible. And one of our goals this year for Almost 30 Podcast was to really, um, do our due diligence more so in the educational space as it relates to women in the workplace and finances specifically. So we are a health and wellness based podcast, but we um, touch a bunch of other areas in life talking about the transition from your 20s to 30s more specifically. So this is right in the wheelhouse of where you really do your work. So we'd love to talk to you about um, a few different topics related to your job, what you do, how you help women, um, the current state of affairs, which with what is going on mm. for women in the workplace today, um, but would like to really at first introduce you to our listeners, kind of go through your journey mm-hmm. to the place you are today and kind of, can you walk through us, us through that? Um, so yeah, so I'm Claire Wasserman. I'm the founder of Ladies Get Paid. Um, we're an educational organization and we help women advance in their careers. Um, so I guess just to back up a little bit with my own career, um, I joke that I've been practicing to be an entrepreneur my whole life. <laughs> and I, you know, my last job though was working for another startup. I was the second employee and it was a company called Working Not Working. So workingnotworking.com and it's a curated network of creative professionals, mostly freelancers. So we would connect people for jobs um, in advertising, design, media, tech. And I loved it, but I realized that I was a little less interested in getting people jobs and more into making sure that it was the right job and that you felt you know, good about what you were doing and you were thriving there. And, and particularly for women, I just for a while had been really disturbed by the lack of women in leadership that I was seeing at all of these companies. And you know, the wage gap, finding out that, you know, women of color are making 68 cents if they're black, Hispanic women are making 55 cents to the the dollar, right? So this was a lot worse than the 78 cents that we usually hear about. And feeling just really just overwhelmed because what can I as an individual possibly do to help this? This is a systemic problem. And I hosted an event. I'm an event planner, background, experiential marketing. And I just thought, you know what, if I get a bunch of women in a room together and we talk about some of these challenges that we're having at work, maybe, you know, something will come out of it. I had zero, zero, zero intention of creating a business. I just want to be explicit about that. Mm -hmm. Even though I had had startups before that terribly failed, you know, like I said, practicing to be an entrepreneur, um, I didn't have any game plan here other than let's just do this one thing. And the topic was money. Um, women and money explicitly. And and it was really, I think, more of a conversation around what money represents. So we talked about your value at work. You know, did you value yourself? Did your company recognize your value, your identity, your self-worth? And it was a hundred women who came to this first one. I called it a town hall. Um, I was more interested, I think, in having it be open forum than a typical panel. Primarily because if you're talking about money, it is so sensitive, right? You don't want to prescribe advice to somebody not knowing what financial context they have. Mm -hmm. Not one size fits all. And I thought it would be better if people spoke up coming from a place of a personal story. 
So someone else in the room, you know, they can take what they want, you know, what resonates with them from that story. And women just getting up on the mic and sharing what they were going through was a really, you know, really cathartic experience. Um, and I went home and I knew that something special had happened there. I, it was more just me kind of buzzing from the energy in that room. And I had this idea to just, let's just create a Slack, uh, a Slack group. So, um, if you're not familiar with Slack, it's normally used as, um, an internal communications tool at companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a way for employees to, you know, connect with each other and, and do it through channels and sort of chat room style. And I, you know, I'd been using it at my job and I had this vision that, you know what, you could actually use this for community building, which now people do. But a year and a half ago, I had not heard of that or been part of any Slack communities and invited a hundred of those women to join. I had channels based largely on the topics that we had discussed that night. And a few days later, the engagement in that Slack was just out of control. It was like, People couldn't stop talking to each other. They, you know, continued what we had discussed at the town hall, these stories they were sharing, really honest, honest discussions. People were saying how much they were making. So that was really cool um, to mm. finally get like numbers, real numbers from real people. And long story long, I quit my job the next week. And yeah, I don't recommend that to anybody. But <laughs> um, there's, there's obviously longer context to that, but I could see what this company would be business model wise. And that's if you do education, it can be a profit share. So right out the gate, you know, I had women I could market to already. I already had a big network. And, you know, I get an instructor to teach salary negotiation and then we split the profits. So I didn't need to have all this capital up front. I didn't have to build technology. We were using Slack. I had a hundred women who loved this who could tell their friends. Mm. I was willing and able to you know, have, I had a financial cushion, you know, I was, I, I could make financial sacrifices to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And now we're 10,000 women in the whole community and it's been really organic and overwhelming in the best possible way. Wow. Well, that's amazing. 10,000 women. So on a community level, I mean, we, we kind of know just with our community that you know, we found that just being as authentic as possible and being vulnerable. How were you able to grow this community to this, you know, number and still keep it supportive, um, making sure everyone felt included? How did you deal with? I mean, yeah, being how part do you of any keep it group from being negative? Yeah, mm, is mm. the thing because because you know you're talking about things that are inherently frustrating. Yes, the fact that do you know what I mean? Like this is frustrating and this is maddening. So how do you keep things positive? That mm. is a great question and something that I um, was really worried about. To be honest, um, that this would turn into some kind of like bitch fest. It's how I moderate it and then how I've taught. We have ambassador committees in 20 cities and I fly out and I host the first town hall with them and I teach them how to do this. Mm. Ask people to share their challenges and then you say, and what did you learn? And then you ask, has anyone else in this room experienced that? So they're validating each other. Okay, what did you learn? What would you say to her? And so you have to, you know, the springboard for the conversation is a personal story that is probably about something that didn't go that well, but you have to push it into productive path. And that is by just simply asking people, what are your takeaways? What are your takeaways here? And, and it turns a conversation more into a collective strategy session, but that's on you to do. And also I think 
you know, things do come from the top and I, you know, I started it. I'm extremely positive. Um, and I really, I just believe that everyone, you know, if you can't help yourself, you know, help another person. And I did all the events in New York by myself for six months, seven months. And so it was me controlling the, the, you know, the energy in the room in the way that I facilitated the dialogue. And I did a lot of prep work with, um, I should mention this, we have usually five to seven women that we ask to share their stories first. And I do about 30 minutes of prep with each one of them where I already learned their story and I know what I'm going to ask them. And I know that, again, even if it was you know some shitty thing that they went through, I know that there's something that they can teach the room. So I get them to a positive place. And I tell them that they're essentially... Um, they're setting the tone for the room. And so then the room responds accordingly, right? They know that this is how it's going to be because of the way that these six women or seven women um, told their stories. So if it was a free-for-all, just like open mic, then yeah, that might get out of control. But in the way that the, the, the night is kicked off really shows everybody how what this night is really supposed to be about. And it's yes, honesty, but because we're trying to get to a positive place of productivity. Love that. Mm. So within the community, have you found that these women are experiencing, like, I I just feel like, you know, ladies get paid as like this right now, obviously very important to talk about. What has been the reaction? Is there like a proactive reaction? Is it merely just kind of frustration? They don't know where to turn or, you, you know what I'm saying? Is there like a a knowing behind it that if they come together in a place like this, that they could make a difference? Are they coming to you for like the answers? What is the vibe? Both. Yeah. I mean, we're clearly a career development organization, but anybody who's attended our events knows that we're kind of part therapy and catharsis and part mm-hmm. brass tack skills. Um, but that's why I do So the town halls, I would say that's really more of the community building and catharsis. Mm-hmm. And then the workshops are where you go, okay, I'm inspired and motivated by what I just talked about or heard about in the town hall, but now we got to go actually learn these skills. And it's not going to necessarily be solved by one workshop. Um, and I do joke also that, you know, you should, if you can, do therapy as well uh, to all this stuff. Uh, and that's kind of the internal work. Um, but now you need to know how to express it externally at your office. So that's important to drive them from town hall and Slack group into a workshop. And I have to say, therapy. and into therapy, <laughs> and I should start getting kickbacks from therapists at this point. Really <laughs> and even at one point, we actually created a spreadsheet where people would put, like they would recommend their therapists or healers or oh. you know acupuncturists and all that. But then we realized also that you should probably have a column in that spreadsheet that says what kind of insurance they take. Um, really? And I was like, that's a whole other business. Let me, let me get that <laughs> paid. And yeah, I mean, they're coming because they, you know, there's the confidence building part, there's like, okay, what are the talking points that I need to have in my back pocket when I go in for a salary negotiation? You want to know that you're not alone. You're looking to network. So all of these things are tied together. And maybe you didn't expect so much the catharsis and the community building part, but you'll quickly realize by the women that you meet at the workshop that this is a very special kind of place. But I would say, you know, people don't usually join Ladies Get Paid unless they're kind of pissed off at the status quo. Mm-hmm. And that and that could be they're unhappy with the state of affair. You know, women are not protected in the workplace or they don't feel they are by the current administration. So they could join because they're motivated on that sort of macro level. Or it could be because at their company, they realize that you know they look at their leadership and it's a bunch of white men. So they're frustrated by that. Or it's super micro and it's, 
I just had this like interaction with a colleague and I don't know how to handle it. You know, what do I do? Yeah. And I think I would love to, to talk about, you know, the current state of affairs. Like, so we could make sure, I want to make sure that our audience who may be in the realm of being more privileged and not completely understanding what is going on in our economy and what is going on with the majority of women in the United States that are not white privileged women. So I want to make sure that we're understanding or we're really sharing exactly the current state of affairs. So I would love for you to talk about possibly some of the statistics that I've been reading on the website or just maybe some examples of some of the women that have spoke um, so that we can really get passionate about this cause and topic. Absolutely. Well, the first one I'll just mention is the one that startled me into doing something. And and I said this earlier, it was discovering that the wage gap wasn't the 78 cents to the dollar that I thought it was and the one that gets reported in you know the media. That, you know, breaking it down by the color of your skin, it got so bad, right? Hispanic women, 55 cents to the dollar. That was outrageous to me. I also mm. felt ashamed yeah. that I as an educated person didn't know it. So I actually think it was my own shame that motivated me. Also, because I'm an educated, privileged person, I have absolutely the responsibility to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I felt, you know, since day one um, in my career was, you know, I I have so much privilege in my life that I better use it (laughs) to help others. Mm -hmm. So that was huge. Um, Other things, you know, I'm from the advertising world and I knew that the statistics of the number of women in creative director roles wasn't great. It's about 11%. Um, And I should just mention the reason that's so important is, you know, the commercials that you see are the ideas for them come from the creative director. And if the creative directors are all white men and that that's the perspective that they're bringing, that's a really a shame for the consumer. And this is how we see ourselves. Film directors, that's another one I'm just totally blown away by. The fact that yeah. 9% of film directors are women. 9%? Yeah. You know, you can't even justify that. Listen, if it was close to 50%, okay, maybe we can have a discussion about this. There is no discussion with 9%. Think about the movies you watched when you were a little girl growing up. You know, whose perspective did that come from? That of course shapes how you see yourself in the world. So So true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, just Google in each industry, what are the statistics of women in leadership? And none of them are doing well. Maybe the government is the best one because it's about 20%, I guess. And it's, you know, so it's, it's really, that's really disheartening. And the other statistic that I would mention is, you know, 60% of today's college graduates are women. And when I went to college, I certainly felt that I went to Boston University and, you know, it was pretty female heavy, which, you know, is awesome. But only about 22% of us are making it past middle management. Okay. So what we're seeing is, and I keep going back to this leadership thing, we just drop either out of the workforce or we get stuck. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I would say probably number one is the lack of um, really good paid leave, which is not our issue. It probably will become at one at some point where we, you know, the, the majority of childcare falls on women. Mm. And if you have two incomes in a household, it's very expensive though to have a babysitter or whatever. Well, the one that's getting paid less is probably the one who's going to end up staying home or cutting back on their hours. And if women out the gate are already making less money, you know, and we're the assumed caretakers then we, of course, don't make it past middle management. Or of course, we take less hours um, at work. So anyway, that's me going off on a tangent, but it's enough to make anybody mad. I think the next question is, well, what do you actually do about it? 
Yeah. Does it start with advocating for yourself? It, yes. Or does it start on like an, mm. a systemic level? Like does, does advocating for yourself push the system or... You know what I mean? Like how much does it take? Always, always, always. So we teach salary negotiation courses. And the first thing I have everybody do in the room is introduce themselves to the women next to them. And I say, good, because when you go in there to negotiate for yourself, you're actually negotiating for her. Listen, if I get a raise and you get a raise and, and you get a raise, that which sounds like Oprah. <laughs> like, you get a raise. You get a raise. And guess what? Collectively, we are moving the needle together. Right? And also it can be easier for women to advocate on the behalf of somebody else than yourself, which is a shame because we do put others before ourselves. But that's that to me is the only way that an individual has agency to help close the wage gap. So, so think about that. Second, find organizations like mine and take part. There's no, you know, if there's somebody out there already doing the hard work, then contribute to them as opposed to starting your own thing. Now that would be my next. My next, and if you can implement changes at your office, you know, ask them about the diversity initiatives they're doing. Just start, you know, inquiring about those things at at the office, and then see what people are doing more on a civic engagement level, like me. And then you'll be able to recognize how you can affect local legislation, mm-hmm. um, which could honestly be as I'm not going to say simple because it's tedious, but mm-hmm. it is sort of simple. You know, calling your local legislators, seeing if there's things like the salary history ban, you know, on the books. I'm not sure if you're aware. Are you aware of the salary history ban? That's something that just got passed in New York. No, what is it? Yeah, so it makes it illegal for an employer to ask a prospective employee what their previous salary was. So Mm. usually they ask, all right, how much did you get, you know, paid before? And huh. you're in this like awkward position of telling them. Um, or you're like me and you tell them 20K more than you were making. <laughs> yeah. So people, and I never advocate for lying. I actually think it's okay to say how, how much you got paid before. That has nothing to do with what you should be paid now because mm-hmm. it's all tied to the market rate. Anyway, yeah. that gets into the salary negotiation class. But the rationale behind banning that question is that marginalized groups tend to make less money right after graduation. So if you're always basing a salary on what they previously made, you're perpetuating that wage gap. So that's why they did it. And you might want to check if that's going to be on, you know, on the docket for your city. It can be city or state level. So check first for your city. And if it is, see what you can do to help get it passed. It's California, baby. Yeah. I bet you were next. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) What would you tell our listeners who are, you know, wanting, and we get this all the time in our Facebook group, wanting to either renegotiate or negotiate um, for a new job, their salary. Are there like a few quick tips that, you know, could give them the confidence and the groundedness to walk in and, and knowing the question that questions that they can ask? I'm not quite sure. I've never had like a quote unquote normal job. I don't know what you can ask, you know, and what you can't ask. So can you just kind of go into depth about that? So it's never about what you can ask for. It's always about how do you ask for it. Mm. Um, So the first couple of things that I would say is you have to have a mindset shift. I think most of us look at salary negotiation as it's scary, right? Because it feels like it's you against them. Just not the case. You're on the same team. You both want to make this work and you're both going to have to make concessions. So first get on the same side. You know, other mindsets that you need to sort of think about and try to work with is feeling lucky for the opportunity, 
um, worry that they are not going to like you if you negotiate. You know, you're scared of losing the opportunity. Mm. I have lots of advice on each of those mindsets, which I can go into. But you know, the short of it is, you're both lucky to have each other. Negotiation is an expected part of working for somebody. And would a man ever be concerned about being liked? So that's always something I want to remind everybody. Also, if you come in well researched, you're extremely respectful. You're professional. You're thoughtful. I think this is an opportunity to really impress them, right? Mm. So see if you can, again, like sort of flip the narrative for yourself. And it might help by even just talking about your fears with your friends and seeing how rational is this? You know, the fear of losing the opportunity. Well, really, what is the chance that you are going to lose it? It's probably pretty slim. So that's the first thing, mindset shift. You know, the second thing is, gathering information so you can figure out what the market rate is for somebody in your position. I would say most people go to Glassdoor or Payscale, maybe LinkedIn, but then they stop. Those are the only salaries they look at or maybe they give up because you know those salaries don't quite make sense for them right, or the companies they work for, their title. Especially if you have kind of a weird title or you wear a lot of hats, it can be hard to figure out where you know what is the number that you should actually be pulling from. One thing I should mention when you are doing that research, root it in context. So it's not just the number. It's okay, the number in the size company I am, years of experience and skills that I have, my location, that's huge. Companies in cities like San Francisco are going to pay more um, because of the cost of living. So two things, right? You got the online, you got the context. The offline part is asking friends to introduce you to people in their life who are in your industry who can help you. But I know talking about money is awkward. So maybe give them a little bit of text that they can forward on, which would be, here's the ballpark of salary I found. How reasonable is this? Am I off base? Or would you be willing to share your salary range with me? And that person, chances are they're willing to share it with the friend, right? Because you're not asking necessarily for a direct introduction. So really maximizing your network to go get the answers you need. Those are so good. Yeah. I think the mindset thing is like really resonating because I think we go in so fearful of like, if I say something wrong, then they won't want me anymore. Mm -hmm. Or so I think that's really empowering. Like just from the get-go walking in the door, knowing that you are on the same team. So good. Mm-hmm. What are some of the gender biases that people can people maybe have in work or in life that like maybe we don't even really think about? Yeah. So I'm gonna say a very like clinical term for this. It's called the double bind. This is something that we experience a lot in salary negotiations, but absolutely through the rest of our work life. Um, so essentially what it is is when you perceive a woman to be acting outside of the kind of perceived social norms of a woman, we penalize her. So so what I mean is let's say you come into this salary negotiation and you're very assertive. Chances are I might think of you as aggressive. That's a question we get asked a lot is how do I not appear aggressive? And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be hard for you not to be. And here's the bad news. Both women and men do this to other women. They think of them as aggressive or bitchy or whiny or bossy, right? These are adjectives that we don't usually you know, subscribe to men, even though they're acting this way. They're like, oh, he's just, you know, it's being a guy, right? Mm-hmm. A way to combat that would be, I hate to say this, but it's true. You have to smile a lot. Um, I think Sheryl Sandberg calls it be relentlessly pleasant or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to say the word we, right? So if you're I, you're too egotistical. You have to you know, be 
acknowledging their their challenges, right? I know the budget's tough, right? You're showing appreciation, you're showing empathy, you know, you're smiling while you're acting, you know, standing up for yourself. And that's why I always urge people to negotiate in person if you can't do that on Skype and maybe telephone, definitely not by email because you're not able to demonstrate those nuances um, that express the positivity that they're going to have to get from you in order to not um, penalize you. So that's something I would mention um, that we all do a way for, you know, not only for you to combat that, but to make sure you're not doing it to other people. Just check yourself throughout the day. How often are you judging other women? Mm. How How often are you judging yourself? Just notice it always starts with observing. And now don't judge your judgment. Be careful not to go down that route. So just, okay, this is when I do it. Why am I doing it? And just for a while, catching yourself. And it will start to go away. Same thing with catching yourself when you're making yourself small. And and the ways that I describe that is, you know, when you have an email that you write to somebody and it's taken you a million years to respond to them, your first sentence, that email should not be, so sorry it took me forever to get back to you. How about you say, Thanks for your patience. Mm. Because that's making you small to apologize right off the bat. You know, the way that you sit or stand, are you kind of making your body sort of cave into yourself, right? Are you sucking in your stomach? Sit up straight. Same thing with opening up a door and you're passing another woman, you know, or anybody else. Sorry, sorry, you're passing somebody on the street. Why are you saying sorry? Say thanks or pardon me. So even though these aren't necessarily work-related, they're just all these points during the day that you are either minimizing yourself or minimizing another woman. Just start catching yourself. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Whoa. I think that I was like, whoa, I do with the whole um, <laughs> thanks for being patient thing in an email. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like when people say sorry because then I feel like I have to be like, oh, it's okay. And it's just like a waste of time. Yeah. You yeah. know, if they're mm-hmm. like, sorry about that. And then I have to be like, I have to give them my energy and be like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's yeah. like, uh-huh. let's just cut the bullshit. Just mm. say, it's like, cool. Yeah. Whatever. So if we can take it back a little bit, I mean, you are a pretty grounded entrepreneur, I would say. Has it always been that way? And Along that same line, when did you know or when was the moment you're like, oh, I'm advocating for women, I am a feminist? Mm -hmm. And has that ever been a word that has, have you always been connected to that word or not? I love this question because I definitely was not connected and not only not connected to the word of, you know, the idea of feminism. I was like, I am definitely not a feminist. You know, I had a complete misunderstanding of what a feminist is. And I have to say, it's really changed, really changed. It's like cool now. And like Urban Outfitters has shirts that say, you know, it's like, (laughs) and I'm 31. So there's been a big difference, obviously a big change recently. So I felt like to be a feminist, you had to obviously like hate men or, you know, not shave your armpits or something. It's like so fucking outdated. Yep. So did not go into this intentionally wanting to create a business or necessarily create a business that is very much labeled feminist. But I had enough encounters with men that made me feel really uncomfortable and mostly just men being really gross in networking experiences and Mm. feeling like, yes, I had doors open to me possibly because a man wanted to, oh, wow, you're cute. Let's have a coffee. But then it's like a friggin' date for them. Yep. Like It's like you only go so far and you just have to constantly be navigating and pushing back on this stuff. And I just 
got really exhausted and I got really mad. So for me, it wasn't so much about now I'm a feminist. It was, we got to figure this shit out. Like we got to solve this. And then through that, through, you know, the reading that I began to do, talking to other women, that's when I had this realization that, and again, I was ashamed. I didn't know what it was. These judgments I had about it, what was it based on? You know, certainly not research. I I hadn't read anything. I wasn't a gender studies major. You know, and there was an explicit moment where I had enough with guys and that was actually going to an advertising festival where an older guy at a party came up to me and he, you know, the first thing out of his mouth was, whose wife are you? Mm. So that was a catalyst for really looking at this stuff explicitly, whereas previously I had been just sort of pushing it under the rug. Um, and, and now I, there's, I'm learning all these terms, but it's called microaggressions. So these small things that kind of just chip away at your self-esteem or confidence. And because they're small, you don't even realize them until you're just kind of a you're just a frustrated person or you're stuck or you know you're angry but you don't quite know why you're just like hitting well the glass ceiling i guess <laughs> so which again we all thought it, we it didn't exist but i think the election has shown us otherwise but i just want to get back to the first part of your question which was you seem like a well balanced entrepreneur that's because I'm on a lot of medication. We need to be clear about that. <laughs> I have Love help you. in the form of Xanax and a few other ones. I actually am on a mood stabilizer. I really like talking about this because it was a turning point in my entrepreneurial journey. I had not been on medication. I had not been seeing a therapist. That changed. This was before I became an entrepreneur. Mm. And honestly, I credit it with my ability to quit my job and do this because I had really... No, and I'm not somebody who was ever like crazy high or crazy lows, but I certainly had mood swings. You know, I'm a very emotional person. I love that I am. I'm certainly not numbed out now, but I would get caught in those lows or in those highs and it would throw me off balance and I would start to sort of not believe in myself. Um, I almost felt like I was operating from a foundation that was more like quicksand. You know, it wasn't really solid. And then the minute mm-hmm. it got solid through the work I was doing with my therapist and through this medication... That's when I left my job. I knew I was coming from a really like grounded place so that I could weather the inevitable storms, you know, in an entrepreneur's journey. Mm. So, you know, what I'm essentially saying here to anybody listening is get help. Know where you need help and ask for it. Don't wait till it's all fucked up for you. Like you can probably figure mm. out now where you're, you know, knowledge-wise, emotionally, um, logistically, financially, what can you do to support yourself? Because you're not going to make it otherwise. What did that feel like for you? Like when you were, before you got on the medication and you found a therapist and really put yourself first and kind of building that solid foundation, like what was that like? Yeah. I mean, I would just get swayed way too much by what other people thought about me. Like Hmm. my self-value was derived by my, you know, the reactions I would get from other people and largely Hmm. achievement based. Mm -hmm. So if I did a great job at work, you know, if I host an event and we got tons of people to come to it, then I was successful and good at my job. You know, if people loved a thing or said I was attractive, then I was attractive and I was good. But the absence of that, then it was like, well, well, who am I and, and what is my worth? And that's a really, really scary thing. And I felt like I kept starting from scratch. So the therapy part really, really helped with that. Um, and then the mood swing stuff, you know, I just have days that felt really low. And and when amazing things happened, I would I would just get so, so, so excited. 
about them. And it was scary because then there would be that that crash that would have to come. I just, again, I wasn't like out of control in any way, but I just felt rocky. Um, almost like I couldn't trust my emotions because it'd either be sort of too low or too high. Totally. And yeah, and so the medication really helped to even me out where I still have lows and highs. It's just not out of my control. You know, everything feels pretty even keeled, um, which is great because being an entrepreneur is very, very, very scary. And you can't really, you know, you can't buy into the highs and there's going to be a low tomorrow. So you just kind of got to go. I'm just in a wave. I'm literally riding a wave Mm -hmm. and I'm not getting like lost in any part of this wave. Yeah, I think... And it's nice to, it's refreshing to hear you too kind of be open about, you know, those challenges and struggles that you've had and sort of what you're on and what you're going through. Because I feel like sometimes there's still like a stigma around, you know, mental issues, whether it's depression or anxiety or whatever. So it's really refreshing to hear you talk mm-hmm. about that. I appreciate and that's that. that's exactly why I do it. Because same thing with money, you got to start talking about it to normalize mm-hmm. it and to normalize it, you'll actually do something. Yeah. I love that. What else is like hard about your job? Because I know that people will look at your, you and what you do. And like, this is like the, the best, like you stand for something, you know what I mean? Like you're impacting people in a positive way. You guys are everywhere. What you're doing is really relevant. So I would love to talk about, you know, the good parts about your job, like the amazing parts of what, what you do. And then also the challenges about what you do to be really real. I love pretty much, I love everything that I do, even the hard parts. Um, the, the prospect of doing something else, you know, is is far worse than the worst part of my day now. But I would say the best part is, it's probably the emails that I get, you know, from women telling me that I not only made them feel better, but there's something explicit that they've now done in their career and their life that has been a game changer for them. So, you know, a lot of times it would be, I've made $15,000 more because of your class. Like, oh my God, I've actually changed somebody's life. And by the way, for entrepreneurs, no matter what kind of, you know, if you're mission driven or not, you cannot wait until you've reached some major level of success to decide that you are successful. You have to break it down for yourself. So what today was a success, no matter how small. And it could honestly be that you got you know, you woke up in the morning and actually did a few hours of work. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a success. I didn't have a breakdown today. That's a success. You know, so mm-hmm. you've got to just like stop along the way and, and have those markers. So for me, it's it's probably those emails. The hard part is um, getting over my people pleasing, mm-hmm. right? So it's really tough for me if somebody isn't happy with me or what I'm doing. And I've largely really not gotten pushback, which is great. But we're starting to raise our prices. We want to introduce a membership. Um, It's free for everybody. It will continue to be free for what we currently offer, which is access to the Slack group. And we do charge for events and they're very affordable. But we want to add more things to the community like videos and other you know, directory and, and discounts to career coaches. But you will have to pay for that. And what was hard for me was when I sent out um, some of this information to a bunch of women in our, you know, these women who run our committees, a lot of them got really upset because they felt like we weren't being inclusive enough. And you have to make a decision to not be for everybody, right? You have to have a focus and be okay with it. And you also have to weigh your growth. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily go ahead and charge a lot because there is long-term growth and then there's short-term growth. And I think Mm. charging a bunch of money that's thinking short-sightedly and if you want to make a really big business, Mm. you have to get people in your pipeline and and then you can start charging more. So what we did was we lowered our prices, but 
What we didn't do was cancel the membership. You know, we have to do it, but we're going to listen to our community. So that was difficult for me. People pleasing was huge and navigating my big ambition with realistically how fast we can actually grow. So I guess patience has been hard for me. (laughs) What has been your best mode of getting the word out there about what you're doing? Obviously, social media has been for us, you know, kind of like our our best mode to spread our message. But what has been most successful for you? Yeah, I, it's really the Slack group. So people, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll go in there, you'll start seeing the stories people are sharing. You're getting real advice from real women in real time, and you're like, "Holy shit! I need to tell my friend and have them join." So what happens? This is really funny to watch. You know, one person from a certain company will join, and ten minutes later, like ten people from her company will join. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, waves of women in companies will will join. And and I do now a lot of workshop facilitation and speaking gigs at different companies. Last night, I spoke at Deutsche Bank and now like 30 women from Deutsche Bank just joined Mm -hmm. and then they will tell their friends. Um, And also they're getting immediate value from it because of that Slack group. So they're getting their questions answered like two minutes after they post it. So they don't have to wait till a workshop or an event. So that's really cool. And, And because they can immediately see the value, it inspires them to tell other people. So word of mouth, never bought a Facebook ad, You know, just started to put more effort into social... Um, so we've grown rapidly, but we need to start putting more targeted work into that. It's been just really by luck, I would say. Mm. So if you have actually anybody who can help us figure out how to grow, that would be mm-hmm. helpful. This again, totally organic and a little bit by accident. Yeah. In in your groups, do you have Hispanic women, Black women like participating or are you doing the work to reach out to them, to educate them? Like, how does that work? How do they know that, you know, if they're not reading these articles and and educating themselves on, you know, the wage gap, like how, how are you helping them to understand this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're not um, really a specialist in that. We sure. partner with other organizations that are and have, um, who serve different kinds of communities. Mm. Um, so because we do these town halls usually every month or every two months um, and we ask you know, five to seven women to share their stories first. We're very careful about who who these women are that we ask to come or we'll partner with other women's groups, especially for the happy hour and coffee meetups that we do. And so they bring their community and we bring ours and that cross promotion really helps get all these different kinds of people in the door. It also really helps us not be industry specific. Um, so that's really the how we've started. Um, we've also just hired a consultant whose job actually will be explicitly to figure that out. Um, and that you know, advice here is y- you should know what you don't know and find somebody who does. Yeah, love that. What would you say for you know the women that are listening to this podcast that have a job, you know they like it, it's it's going fine, but like for women, the first step to getting themselves educated or just making a better life for themselves in their career, like what could they do? Whether it's a mindset shift or whether it's a conversation, just something tactical that they could do. Well, first make sure that you're on the right path. It can be really hard. And, and this mm-hmm. is why I career coach. Um, just see if if you're just like moved by what you do or you motivated by what you do. And also look at the things that come very naturally to you. 
because those are probably the things that you should be doing for work. Mm. A lot of times we equate hard work with work um, as opposed to if something's actually quite easy um, and you do it without even noticing, that's probably more of the direction you should go in. So anyway, first step before anything else is just make sure you're in the right lane. Um, second thing is, is you know, how can you improve your work environment? If you're in an environment that doesn't support you or help you thrive, you're not going to do your best work. So see if there's any kind of change that you can affect at the organization. And maybe it's just what I call small acts of resistance. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, changing the way that you write an email or speak up at a meeting. Um, so you Love know, that. again, I'm not really answering your. Question, I've just realized. So, no, that was perfect. That was exactly it. They can do small acts of resistance. They can kind of make sure that they're on the right path. And I think when people are on the right path, they're more willing to help others. Mm -hmm. You know, they're happier in general. Like everyone wins when someone's on the right path. And I think that's, you know, it seems kind of crazy. You're like, first step is like making sure that you you actually give a shit about what you're doing and you're actually like passionate about what you do. And it doesn't need to be like a burning passion that like keeps you up at night, although that would no. be amazing. Sometimes it's also a burden, but just making sure you give a shit about what you're doing and you give a shit about what the path that you're on. And that will also lend you to not settling for the status quo, you know, exactly. not settling for less than and not focusing your attention on things that don't matter like judgment of others or you know all that kind of bullshit. And also the last thing I was going to say about that is if you're feeling stuck at all see who you can connect around you. Mm. Uh, too often we're like I need help or I need a mentor and what you don't realize is that there is power in your network but the only way you're going to tap into it is actually by starting to connect them or mentoring them. Mm. And you'll find you'll just grow your network that way and then the opportunities will come back to you. Um, and see who in your life is doing cool stuff that you can get involved with. So again, I think we all, you know, I'm not motivated. I want to do a side hustle, but maybe there's somebody you know who is doing a thing that's, you know, interesting to you and you can now help them. It's going to be a lot easier than you starting something from scratch. Yeah, completely. How do you make networking not icky? Like, how do you make it like fun? Yeah. So, gosh, I mean, I wrote a whole article about this for Well and Good. I know. Yeah, what did I say in it? Um, <laughs> like yeah. get the bullets out. I'm like, well, Yikes. Claire. <laughs> um, yeah, let me just look that up real quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my number one rule again is uh, asking people a lot of questions as opposed yes. to talking about yourself mm-hmm. and seeing who in your life that you can recommend to connect with them. Um, there is etiquette to that. Um, you should always ask permission of the person that you would like to connect to make sure that they want to actually be introduced. And then when you do make that introduction, being very clear about why you're making the introduction. Um, so that's, you know, you walk into it looking about not how can I network and get something out of it, but how can I connect other people? Talking about things that you're really excited about. So instead of here's what I do for a living, but here's what I'm working on that I'm really excited about. And you're passion will show through, you know, and if you're not passionate about what you do, that sort of goes back to who can you get involved with that is doing cool stuff. Um, So that's, that's big. I mean, anybody you meet that you think is interesting, always, always follow up. I mean, so often I meet somebody and they're great and I don't, you know, I give them my card and then they never reach out. Mm. Like that's unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of the, the sort of foundation of, of how to network. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said too, in your article, which we'll link in the show notes, about your network being already around you and kind of seeing, 
each person that you meet with has an opportunity to quote unquote network or connect with a Lyft driver or Uber yeah. driver yeah. or just like someone you see at a coffee shop. You know, it doesn't need to be like, I am going to a networking event. There are people there that I will give my business cards to. Like if right. you are actually present and engaged with your life, any opportunity could be a networking quote unquote yeah. opportunity for you that's going to like get you to the place that you want to go. I go to Air One to network. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would never go to an event that's called a networking event. A hundred percent. Personally speaking. Oh man, that's the greatest quote ever. Yeah, that's true. That's Sorry, number one. I host them. We host them, but we don't call them networking events. We yeah. call them ladies get drinks or ladies yeah. get coffee. Yeah. Ladies get lit. I so ladies that. get lit. Ladies get lit. Holiday party. I've like clearly run out of like things to call. Whatever. You're like, like ladies are creativity. doing it. Yeah, Your branding so is dope though. Yeah, I love the I'm branding. All about it. Yeah. It's very Thank like you. pop art chic. Can you talk to us about like the female money mindset we're trying to get over? Oh, it yeah. And, you know, shift into a more empowered space mindset, whatever you want to call it. I'm doing that right now. And I know I'm not alone. Did you have a point in your life where like money was something you just could not? manage, you know, didn't know how, wasn't educated on, you know, all of that. Like, was there a time when, and then you had a shift or have you always been super savvy and how do you help women? Definitely not super savvy. I created Ladies Get Paid because I needed Ladies Get Paid Mm. for (laughs) sure. Um, Definitely not educated at all by my parents. Um, Got into a lot of credit card debt. It's like a right Was very scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody teaches you usually this stuff. I know. I was just too scared to even look at it. I never checked my bank statement. I always just thought, well, I'm not good at money or I don't like numbers. Mm. Um, didn't want to take ownership over it. Didn't want to challenge myself to learn. And it was only recently where I understood that in a way, educating yourself about money you know, is an expression of self-love, right? Mm. I'm important. I am actually the most important person in my life. So I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and also that money is power. And for me, particularly to be you know, in an organization where we're empowering other women, how hypocritical is it if I'm somebody who doesn't even believe in my own power? Um, and money certainly is a way to get there. So I just surrounded myself with people who know better than me. You know, And we have career coaches, we've got personal finance coaches, and they've really taught me how to get my shit together. And then it's like going to the gym. You have to be disciplined with it or you have to gamify it you know, for yourself, if it's always awful, is there a way that you can make this more fun? Or maybe you need to accept that it'll be like brushing your teeth and you'll be checking your account every day and that's Mm -hmm. just, you have to do it. So I teach salary negotiation, but I do not teach personal finance. So yeah. (laughs) Well, it's nice to know that, you know, we're not alone. I think it's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, um, this year we're definitely focused on both personally for me, but also just to educate our listeners. I think... I consider myself, I'm more creative. So when it comes to numbers and all of that, I get really scared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like don't even, like you said, I don't even want to look at it. So yeah, I think those little shifts in habit could make a long-term relationship with money like become more positive and empowering. So yeah, I love those. Me too. What are you excited about this year? lady. What's going on? What can our ladies... So they are from all over. So give us the deets on anything that our global babes can do or get excited about too. 
Yeah. So we did our first conference in October and it is called Get Money, Get Paid. Um, (laughs) Again, like my... (laughs) My creativity only goes so far. Yeah, you didn't no. want to do fuck bitches get money. <laughs> yeah. I did think about fuck the wage gap because that is a uh, But we do want corporate sponsors, so mm. we decided not to do that. Got it. And it was an amazing day. It was um, first part of the day was all brass tacks workshops, largely around salary negotiation, personal finance, um, and some like stay sane stuff of just like emotionally be able to get through all of this. Second part of the day was all town hall, storytelling, um, roundtable kind of stuff. So it was like brass tacks and then inspiration. And I would say we, it was really divided up into you know the money stuff and then the prom- getting promoted mm. stuff. So that was amazing. So this year, we're going to do it in six different cities yes. um, because we are totally unambitious people. <laughs> and the first city we're going to is Seattle. Then we're going to do Portland, Oregon. We're doing Chicago, um, New York, LA, Boston. And then we're going to go to sleep for a very long time. Um, <laughs> so our goal today, you know, our goal this year was to, to bring these full day experiences to a couple of different cities. Super excited about that. And personally speaking, I'm very excited to make money because that was not a priority in my first year. But we will not be able to grow and serve more women if we do not start making money ourselves. Yep. So figuring out that balance of being inclusive, but also financially growing. I'm excited to figure that out, honestly. Because then I'm really in business. Right now, I'm like project sort of getting into a business but this is we've got to grow we're only two people with a part-time employee and then we have all of these instructors and committee members and they all get a portion of profits but i want a team you know i want like a full team with yeah. full salaries full benefits so hopefully this year can get me there damn that. i'm so impressed yeah damn i didn't know you guys were too that's crazy, that's crazy. i love that you guys are cranking out the work <laughs> yeah Well, this has been so great. Thank you for making the time. I know that um, our listeners will be super empowered and interested in what I'm going to go to the thing in LA, the Mm -hmm. town hall. Do it. Yes, we're doing at the Ace. We've got a really good committee. I fucking love the Ace. Yeah. So you should go and and when you meet, you know, women who are part of the committee, you'll probably know who they are because they should be introducing themselves. Let them know that we talked. Oh, well, I'll be like, do you guys know Claire? <laughs> like, hey guys, uh, do you know Claire? All, all too well. <laughs> Literally. Um, where can people connect with you? So go to ladiesgetpaid.com. Also, you can follow us on all social um, channels at, at ladiesgetpaid. And then I have a personal website, which is clairelovesyou.com. And I actually am taking on clients. I'm a career coach. Um, so my schedule is oh, going to cool. get booked really quickly, but I love to work with women on making sure they're on the right path. And then once they're on the right path, um, getting paid as much as they possibly can. Can you talk about last question? What, like, t- Tell me about Claire Loves You, the URL. I love that. Like, what was the inspo? Um, because I really love everybody I meet. Um, mm. I just believe everyone has a story. I'm fascinated by them and their story. And even people that are just seem awful, I'm like, again, that's fascinating. How mm. did you, you know, so it's, it's this innate interest and love in people. And, and because what I do is helping others, that just seemed like a natural natural fit. But honestly, I don't even know how I came up with Ladies Get Paid. It just like, it just appeared. It works. It works. And you're like, yeah. okay, it's it. Like at some point, you just got to stop searching for names. 100%. You know? You're like, what <laughs> am I going to do? Yeah. And then like stop questioning yourself. Yep. Just go with it. Just do it. Amazing. 
Thanks, Claire. Thanks, You're Claire. This was so, so great. So we will um, put all your information in the show notes, all your socials, ladies get paid. Um, I'm going to share the town hall for LA. And mm-hmm. we have a secret Facebook group where our community of babes gets together and talks about everything under the sun. But I think they're going to be really interested in this and they'll be really interested in going to some of the meetups that you have all over the United States. So I'm really excited to share this with our community. Really excited to put everything in the show notes for everyone to get. And then um, just really appreciate your time. It was such a pleasure and what you're doing matters. What you're doing is amazing and it's really valuable. So I appreciate you taking the opportunity in your life to go on this path rather than going on another path. It it means a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. And I've been interviewed by a lot of people, but you two by far have the best voices for this, oh. which I'm sure other people have told you. Buttery's I was going to say the same thing about your voice. I know you have a great voice. It's a great yeah. voice. This is and the I'm part sure where I we compliment it. each other. <laughs> so we you got to this part. <laughs> Cut the bullshit, girl. I love your hair. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then it's like, no man would have this conversation. <laughs> oh my God. I'm interviewed by people and they're good interviewers, but I'm like, your voice is so grating. Like, Yo. I don't know. What's annoying. Listen to this. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, like, it's just, I know. You got to be a little, you got to be a little in there. I mean, Lindsay, you're kind <laughs> of down there. <laughs> thanks, ladies. I hope you have a great Friday. Oh, thanks, girl. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Happy Friday. Stay warm have a great in the city. Weekend. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Let's just breathe. Every night when I wake up in the middle of the night, I wake up because Justin is putting a pillow between us because my breath smells. You don't have a problem, do you? I don't know, man. He's I, he says it's my retainer, but he's also a little bitch. How long? How long have you had your retainer? Six months. It's because oh. I grind my teeth. Oh, I was I gonna say some people, some people use their retainer for like eight years. Really? Oh, yeah. he, I have disposable ones. I get yeah. rid of them once a month. I don't really know what the problem is, but. <laughs> Wait, did you did you know that um, Brad Pitt has like chronic halitosis? Bad breath? Yeah. Like, That's what it's called, halitosis? Yeah, chronic. Really? How'd you know? Industry um, in, in, in film? Yeah, so, yeah, someone I know knows his like personal assistant and it was like a thing. And then like- I could see that. My friend ended up meeting him and it, he's like, oh my God, it was crazy. Really? Like just being around him, you could smell it. It's so funny. Like him and Angelina Jolie are like the end of celebrities like that. Like we don't really give a shit about celebrities really anymore like that. Our generation doesn't. It's true. Well, because I think, honestly, I think a lot of celebrities are just becoming more fucking real Mm. and down to earth. Does that mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they went like to another planet in in a great way. I like, I kind of like love what they did and, Mm -hmm. and whatever, but like a Dax Shepard and like a Kristen Bell- are kind of like down to earth and yeah, just like relatable. chilling, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess social media has made them more accessible. But you know, with like the rise of YouTube stars yeah. and Instagram stars, we yeah, just don't right. really see like big screen celebrities as that like big of a deal anymore. Like who cares? So true. Anyways. Anyways. So <laughs> how fucking rad is Claire? Claire Wasserman's the Claire shit. Claire gave us a compliment that I'll never forget. Say it again. She said, we have the best voices. <laughs> of anyone that's interviewed her. Thank you so much, Claire Wasserman. Thank you so much, Claire. As we breathe, breathe into our bellies. That means so much to us. Someone texted me today and it was like, my pancreas almost popped out of my body because of your sultry ad in the middle of the episode. I was what like, ad? I was like, that was a lot. 
<laughs> I don't know. Probably for something for your vagina. Yeah. Anyway. Was it a guy? Of course it was. Pancreas. I. That's Why what I said. Pancreas I was like, you might as well just tell me your dick is hard. Yeah, I was going to say. It's weird. Why would your pancreas be turned on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll sir, show you the text. Sir, I'm you not need lying. To see a doctor. <laughs> uh, um, Claire, you're the best. Thank you so much for yes, coming on. We Our love ladies community. get paid. Yeah, dude, it's the best. Um, we're so inspired by you, and I know we know our community is too. So let us know. Um, join our secret Facebook group. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps us so much. You guys have been so rad doing that. So on your own, without us like holding a flame to your tush, you've mm -hmm. really done it, and it's been so it means sweet. so much. Yeah. Okay. See you guys next week. Yeah, we're so excited to see you on Tuesday. Lila's Lila. <laughs> <laughs>